minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. And today is a very special day. We have not only been waiting for a year since last spring for this day, we've been waiting for many years to be able to say to you that we are at the site, actually in the room of the NORPAC gathering in Washington, D.C., as NORPAC 1000 takes off from the New Jersey, New York area, 1000 strong today coming to Washington to participate in a day to advocate for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. NORPAC is America's leading bipartisan pro-Israel political action committee. And today in this room at the Washington Convention Center where we are, uh, there will be 1000 people strong getting together later this morning uh, getting their final inspiration instructions and then heading to the floors of the United States House and Senate uh, to speak with members of the U.S. Congress. It is a, an amazing journey, an incredible mission, uh, one that has gotten to the point where now we call it NORPAC 1000 because it's attracted that many people, young and old, uh, to be here in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, those of you who are already on the buses, hope your journey's going well. Hope you're able to clear your bleary eyes and get ready for an incredible day in the nation's capital. Those of you who are on your way to the buses and getting set to start your trek down to Washington, D.C., get ready for an incredible journey. We've spent most of the last 24 hours here in Washington with a lot of time in the House, a lot of time in the Senate, and some time in the White House yesterday. And this town is just ready for everybody. It is buzzing with political activity, and it's ready for a lot of people who care about the U.S. and Israel to come on down and advocate for policies that are important to both. Our thanks to all of the NORPAC chairs, the mission chairs, who have uh, brought us down here and who have made sure uh, that we get to uh, report on this 1,000 strong. Remember, if you're uh, on the bus or if you're heading down, or if you're already in Washington and you've slept here overnight, whatever the case is, and at whatever point today you decide to do so, whether it's now or later on during the afternoon, if you're tweeting about the NORPAC mission and discussing on your Twitter feed what you're involved with today and who you're meeting and what it's been like and how exciting it is and how inspiring it is, you want to use the hashtag uh, of NORPAC1000. Again, that's hashtag NORPAC1000, N-O-R-P-A-C-1000, and we'll see how many tweets we can get out there that refer to this amazing day in Washington, D.C. NORPAC takes care of everything, the round-trip transportation, all the meals and all the logistics, and now it's just time for everybody to come on down, uh, hit the uh, uh, the halls of Congress, and uh, make sure to advocate on behalf of a strong United States-Israel relationship. Today we'll be joined by many, many guests who are going to be coming up 
many of whom are on their way down as we speak, some of whom are here already in Washington, D.C. And then once our radio program ends, uh, we're going to start preparing for this amazing, amazing plenary session where everybody's going to be gathered in one room and it's going to be, and are all going to be inspired uh, to start this day in Washington, D.C. and to accomplish a great deal. A big kolakavo to those who have gone ahead and sacrificed a day of school or of work, uh, a regular day, in order to come down to Washington on this Rosh Chodesh morning and join everybody at NORPAC. Um, more coming up. We'll be here until 9 o'clock. I remind you it's day 15 in the counting of the Omer on this Rosh Chodesh day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Plenty of special guests will be joining us. My name is Nahum Siegel. Remember, hashtag NORPAC1000. A big thank you to Stan, who's in our studio, and our big thank you to our entire team who's here in Washington, D.C., including the general manager of the Nahum Siegel Network, Miriam L. Wallach, including our chief engineer, ZK, who was able to make this trip with us, thank God, and is here uh, doing his magic to make sure we're connected back to our studio and producing this morning's show, the great Mark Zamek, who has lined up an incredible lineup for us and has confirmed a lot of great guests, including the chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee, Ed Royce, who's going to join us later in this show. That will be only one of the highlights of today's program. More coming up. Keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, round the world on the web at jmnam.org. And don't forget today's hashtag, NORPAC1000. It's JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Avramel, it's Avram Freed with Hafachta off of the Keep Climbing CD here at JM in the AM. Before that, Soul Farm in Meheira. Today's a big day, 20 minutes after 6 a.m. on this Wednesday morning, Rosh Chodesh, day 15 in the counting of the Omer. And why is today a big day? Because our friends from Norpak, and in this case, 1,000 friends strong, are on their way to Washington, D.C., we are here right now at the Washington Convention Center. We've basically opened the place this morning. And the beautiful Norpak banner is hanging in front of the room. There are about 1,000 seats set up, ready for the big meeting, the big gathering that's going to be happening once all the buses arrive here in Washington, D.C. And we are ready to start the big Norpak day. And we're doing so with a JM and the AM radio program right here in D.C. Special guests will be coming up all morning long, including people who are on their way down to Washington as we speak with all the enthusiasm and all the energy that you would expect from an amazing group that's ready to advocate for strong U.S.-Israel relations. The NORPAC mission to Washington takes place today. It is an annual event that attracts people young and old. There'll be grandparents on this trip. There'll be grandchildren on this trip. There'll be everybody in between on this trip coming down to Washington, D.C. to participate in this amazing program. Plenty more coming up. We will have special guests calling in and others who will be with us in our makeshift studio here at the Washington Convention Center. It's a special JM in the AM Wednesday morning. Plenty more happening at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. And don't forget... If you're tweeting today, use the hashtag NORPAC1000 with a big good morning to all of you from us at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. on this Rosh Chodesh morning. It's uh, one of the places that we are thinking of as we are here in Washington, D.C., and that's Yerushalayim, the holy city of Jerusalem, and, of course, the rest of Israel and uh, all the other places dear to us, including this incredible country. As uh, NORPAC, with 1,000 strong, is heading down to Washington, where we are at the Washington Convention Center, and where later today this massive group is going to be gathering, and then from this point, are going to be heading to the halls of Congress to speak with senators and congressmen and make sure that a strong U.S.-Israel relationship continues to be an important priority in this town. It's it's an amazing town. We spent a great deal of time here yesterday and uh, got a feel for what's happening here and how things operate. Uh, really an incredible experience, and uh, everybody who's heading down right now will be able to experience that during the uh, amazing day today with NORPAC. If you're tweeting from the bus or from your car or anywhere else and you're uh, writing about what you're going to be doing today or how things are going on your journey down to Washington, D.C., uh, or if you're going to be uh, in the big uh, meeting here before the smaller meetings that take place in the congressional offices uh, and you're tweeting at any point uh, during the day, use the hashtag NORPAC1000. Uh, Again, that's NORPAC, N-O-R, PAC 1000, so we can count you among the 1,000 strong who are here. It's the first time ever this group is this large, and it's pretty amazing. Mark Zomig is here, as I mentioned. Uh, Mark, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Nachum. How, How are you? Well, good. How are you? We have a lot of special guests who are going to be joining us. I thank you for your hard work in lining them up. And uh, a, diverse group, a diverse group, young, old, 
All uh, walks of life, just like the uh, well representative of the um, incoming people. I think one of the interesting things that we will get to experience, which essentially will be the only ones to experience, is sitting here at uh, 6.30 and experiencing the empty room and watching it slowly but surely fill up. Yeah, this is one large facility, and uh, soon a 1,000 people will be in this room and will be uh, inspired by the words of the speakers and will be encouraged to really do a great job, which I'm sure everybody will on Capitol Hill today. Uh, this is uh, something that has attracted this gathering, has attracted people young and old for years, and uh, we've hit this amazing milestone of NORPAC 1000 for this year. As we mentioned, uh, guests will be lined up from uh, various backgrounds, different walks of life, young and old, and we'll be speaking with them between now and 9 o'clock this morning as everybody makes their way down to Washington, D.C. Our big thanks to our uh, friends at NORPAC, its leadership, its president, Dr. Ben Choak, and its mission chairs, uh, Dr. Baumel, Dr. Schlussel, David Steinberg, all of whom were instrumental in making this possible today and having us here at the Washington Convention Center. Again, don't forget, hashtag NORPAC1000. Uh, you could follow what we're doing on Facebook, Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. That's Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. And on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. N-E-T. Yesterday was quite a day. We had a chance to uh, be in the Senate. We had a chance to be in the House. We had a chance to actually be in the White House, which was pretty cool. Uh, in fact, we were um, we were um, in the White House briefing room. Correct. One that's we're become the, we're actually in the West Wing. Right in the West Wing of the White House. Um, in the room where anything significant on a daily basis is announced from this town. Mm-hmm. A very interesting experience. Very small room. Very small room compared to what you might have imagined based on what we've seen on TV and videos. It's all about the camera angles. It is unbelievable the way that works. And, um, and when you think about it, it's really, we were talking about it yesterday, there are 300 million people in this country. There are 49 chairs in that room. That's it. That's the whole thing, which is pretty amazing. And our good friend ZK, chief engineer of the NSN, <laughs> had a chance to actually see some of the infrastructure of Washington. He was taken on a special tour to see how the House and Senate and White House are wired. And it's a very impressive operation in many ways. And this, I know, has been the, uh, was the focus um, during both the Clinton and Bush administrations. In many ways, certain things are antiquated. And in other ways, you're talking about you know, a couple of rooms controlling what's most important in this entire world. There was a big upgrade during uh, uh, the Clinton the, era. The Bush, Bush. Uh, that room that we were in yesterday in the West Wing was redone during the Bush administration. And I want to tell you something. For 2014, it's, it still doesn't look like it's up to speed. Well, first of all, it's mostly wires. It's, there's right. very little wireless going on. Um, I think that what they had to do, um, we were joking yesterday, that we had to do to upgrade it to make sure the NSA had access to everything going in and out of the room. Although <laughs> <laughs> um, it felt like it felt like we were being watched. So... Um, it was pretty funny. Yes, it, it, it is amazing to watch. What was the name of my colleague from uh, CNN that we saw? Uh, uh, Joe Johns. Right. Had a nice had a nice convo with him about the uh, inner workings of the White House press room or the White House briefing room, I should say. Uh, anyway, it was an interesting journey yesterday, and uh, we got a, a a real flavor of what's going on here in Washington. And uh, today, uh, everybody who uh, is on the NORPAC mission is going to uh, get the same feeling, is going to get the same type of uh, experience, because you're actually going to be 
walking into the different congressional offices, speaking with members of the Senate, speaking with members of the House of Representatives, advocating for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Uh, everybody, as as um, as some moms say to their kids, they walk out of the house before a big test. Have your thoughts together. Make sure <laughs> make sure you're you're prepared properly um, to present uh, during the uh, during the day today about how important a strong U.S.-Israel relationship is. All right, David Foyer is with us. David Foyer is uh, is um, on his way to Washington, I believe. We'll find out right now. Uh, David Foyer, uh, his father was in the 82nd Airborne of the United States Army. He is somebody who um, who uh, reminds us that his father uh, went to Washington to advocate for Israel in his uniform. David Foyer, welcome to JM in the AM. Yes, hi. Please, quiet. Hi there. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you have a very very uh, high spirited group with you heading down to Washington. Yes, that everyone seems to be riveted. I mean, they're really excited. They're all out here in the rain, and I feel like everybody has that adrenaline running, and they're excited to make their their presence known in Washington in light of so many critical issues that affect the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Where are you, before we talk about some of today's issues, where are you calling from? Where is your, where, you're, you're with which group, from what area? Right, I'm on, I'm on a bus. I got on the wrong bus, actually. So if there's anybody listening, don't be angry at me. <laughs> I'm on uh... Did we lose David? I think we did. All right. We'll try to reconnect. We didn't even find out what neighborhood he was from or or which part of the mission uh, he was with this morning. But you did hear a very spirited group in the background who, in this uh, difficult weather, are making their way to the nation's capital. And it was nice to hear him say that there was already a good flow of adrenaline, that there were people who uh, with him who are very excited this early in the morning to wake up early and to start their day early and to uh, get on that bus and start heading down to Washington, D.C. If you are uh, on Twitter, it's hashtag NORPAC1000 as we celebrate 1,000 strong who are uh, going to uh, emerge from the different modes of transportation hours from now. And we'll start advocating one-on-one with members of the Senate and members of the House for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. You have an opportunity to make an amazing difference, and I'm sure everybody out there who is part of the big group today are, in fact, going to make an amazing difference. Uh, later on, when we speak with one of the members of the House, we'll find out how Washington, D.C. reacts to this large group from NORPAC, how when they uh, show up today on a Rosh Chodesh day, uh, they will have an effect on so many different members of Congress and how it's going to uh, have a major impact. David, are you back there with us? David, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, so where's the group from? Where's the group from? This group is from made up of people from Teaneck and Englewood. Very nice. And Fairlawn. So Bergen County is well represented this morning. Yes. Yes, we are. And you mentioned that there's a lot of adrenaline. You're getting the feeling already that people are very excited about the mission. Is this something that goes on not just today, but for days and weeks before the mission? People get ready with a lot of great excitement to participate today? Yes. I mean, the only thing I can think of that reminds me of other times when I felt the sense of 
urgency and excitement is is the days of the student struggle for Soviet jury. Right. When I would go to those type of rallies. A great comparison. David Foyer is with us on a Bergen County bus to Norpac. We spoke for a second about your father's experience. He parachuted into Europe on D-Day. Could you give us a, a little thumbnail of his career in the Army? Yes. Um, my dad was born in Vienna. And and when he, at the after the Anschluss and Kristallnacht, made his way to America, basically by himself when he was 15, he managed to graduate high school and hold down two jobs. And... And then what happened is um, he was drafted as a German alien, but offered citizenship. And what he did is he asked them, he said, what pays the most? <laughs> and they said, paratroopers or submariners. And he said he knew what a submariner was. He doesn't want to do that. He'll do the other thing. So being that he was in great physical shape, he was able to make his way through a, a very rigorous training that the paratroopers went through. He then was put into intelligence, being that he's German and being that he was a smart fellow, and uh, he was very upset with that because he wanted to go back and kill Nazis. So he fought his way back into coming joining a combat outfit, and he jumped into Normandy with the 82nd Airborne Division. And um, when he jumped, his plane was already hit and was on fire. When he landed, which was at, they jumped at approximately 450 to 500 feet, because people were shooting at you, so you just come down like a rock. When he landed, he was separated from everybody else. So he was able to, like, crawl into trees, and he saw a German who had a... Um, a gun emplacement, and he made short order of him, <laughs> and then hit out until he was able to meet up with other types, other men of the 101st and 82nd Airborne Division. He he fought out, he fought through Normandy, and was in heavy combat for basically two and a half years. He fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was awarded a Silver Star and a bronze star with clusters for his bravery. His mission then was to go behind lines, which were pretty loose, the lines in those days, capture Germans and interrogate them. He had a system of, of spies who would tell him who were which Germans were participating in, the, in, you know, in killing Jews and torturing Jews, and those never made it through the interrogation. After the war, he stayed an extra year in Germany to seek out those Nazis that needed justice. And uh, then he worked his way back to America. So, in a, you know, in a nutshell, that's basically who my dad was. What a distinguished ironically, career. Yeah, ironically, when my dad went to Norpac with, uh, with myself, and my brother, Danny and Ezra, and we met with Senator John Kerry. And 
I remember when we brought up the fact that Israel, you know, we, we were there to talk about Israel and the security of Israel, he shut us aside and said, I want to talk to your dad. I want to talk to him about his general, General James Gavin of the 82nd Airborne Division, who was very fond of my father and was very instrumental in enhancing my father's ability to, to accomplish many military feats. And um, he wanted to know about James Gavin because James Gavin was his mentor. He was the man that John Kerry looked up to more than anybody else. So my father had to tell him about uh, James Gavin, and that's all Kerry wanted to hear about. It's sad that if my father was alive today, I can't think of any better candidate to face John Kerry for his heinous remarks and put him in his place for what he said. Wow. Unbelievable. And, of course, you're referring to uh, his reference to Israel as a potential apartheid state, which, of course, That's correct. he apologized sure. for, but it, was, it, was, it certainly sent a shudder through the Jewish world and the Israel advocacy world. And you did mention, uh, or at least uh, I was told in advance, that when he would go to Washington in reference to your father, David, uh, he would advocate for Israel in his uniform in the halls of Congress. I'm sorry, what did you say? He would advocate for Israel in his uniform in the halls of Congress. Yes, he did. Absolutely. When my father showed up with his silver star, there was not a single congressman that did not I can only imagine. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy your journey with everybody from Bergen County. And how many missions is this for you? How many times have you been down with NORPAC? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a lot, huh? Yeah. Well, enjoy the trip. We hope to see you down here in a few hours. Thank you. Thank you so much. David Foyer, whose father, as you heard, uh, was in the 82nd Airborne of the U.S. Army, who advocated for Israel in these halls of Congress in Washington, D.C., in his uniform, was a hero of World War II, as David just described. Uh, David and his brothers have been down in Washington, D.C. Uh, in years past with their father, and now David is on a bus from Bergen County with many, many people, part of the uh, hundreds of uh, uh, modes of transportation that people are using to get down to Washington to advocate for Israel today on this significant and historic NORPAC day, NORPAC 1000. It's JM in the AM on this Rosh Chodesh morning at 18 minutes before 7 o'clock. We continue with plenty more. Don't forget, today's day 15 in the counting of the Omer. Uh, we have a uh, full slate of amazing guests who are on their way to Washington or are already here. We are sitting in the Washington Convention Center, where within just a few hours, the NORPAC plenary meeting is going to take place. 1,000 people will be in this amazing vast room and will be receiving final instructions and inspiration before heading to the halls of Congress and speaking directly with United States Senators and members of the House of Representatives about a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Kol to all of you. If you're on your way down right now, or wherever you may be, if you want to tweet about NORPAC, use the hashtag NORPAC1000 to commemorate this significant day of 1,000 strong making it to Washington, D.C. More coming up. Keep it right here on a special Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM.
My tears behind your throne You took my land 
Pack 1000, if you are tweeting today in regard to this significant event happening on this Rosh Chodesh Day in Washington, D.C., make sure to use that hashtag, NORPAC1000, N-O-R-P-A-C-1000. Moshe Steinberg is with us live via telephone. And as people are traveling down, hopefully our phones will stay connected with us so we can speak with our special guest. He's a local boy who served in the Israel Defense Forces, trained with American Green Berets, and is somebody who works on this very NORPAC mission. Moshe Steinberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, Mark. How are you? Everything is wonderful. Where are you from? I'm, uh, I'm from Queens originally. Lived in Jerusalem for a few years. Served in the IDF, as you said. Um, and right now, I'm on a bus on the way to Washington. And the bus is from where? You're traveling with which group? 
I'm bus number 10 from Queens. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Queens is well represented, you could say, huh? Very well. Um, what, may, what, what gave you the impetus to actually join the IDF? At what point were you inspired enough where you said to yourself, you're going to fight for the state of Israel? Um, I guess I was in yeshiva at the, at the time and in Israel. And I was watching all the Israeli soldiers, and I, saw, I kept on, you know, seeing them around. And I decided that, you know, it was time for me to make a life choice. And my grandparents were Holocaust survivors, so I kind of said, uh, when you say never again, it's one thing. When you do something about it, that's something different. Unbelievable. How long did you spend in the IDF? I did the Mako program, which is a year and a half. And when they say you trained with American Green Berets, what does that mean? As part of your service in Israel, as a separate experience, what is that all about? Well, what they what they mean is that um, I don't think uh, most people realize how uh, how close the ties between America and Israel actually are. Uh, American sends America sends their soldiers to train and learn and teach um, alongside the Israeli soldiers. So I've trained with Marines, I've trained with Green Berets. And, uh, you know, all, ty all types of soldiers uh, furthering the bond between America and Israel and also uh, learning things. So for you, today must be uh, even more significant. You're going down with NORPAC and you've worked on the actual mission, Kolakavod, for that. But if we talk about advocating for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship, you've actually served or trained alongside Americans, alongside people who have the same interests at heart. Well, yeah, it's, uh, a lot of these things that, that we're advocating for, uh, these are things that I've actually uh, seen in action. Um, one of the things we push for is money towards money grants towards the um, the Iron Dome defense system, um, where I was in uh, Operation Pillar of Defense, Amud Anan, about a year, almost a year and a half ago now, and I was I would see. The, uh, the rockets coming from the Gaza border, and I saw the Iron Dome system literally intercepting rockets in midair and saving our lives. So for me to go to Washington and advocate for more money from Congress, um, this is something that on a personal level is uh, really meaningful. And I assume whoever you meet with today, you'll tell them that tale, how directly your life was affected by aid that came from the United States. I think anything that you say from that you say from an emotional, personal point of view goes a lot, a long way. How uh, how much were you involved in today's NORPAC mission? Were you one of the people who helped actually organize and carry this through? Um, well, I'll tell you, my father is on the board of NORPAC. He's a, he's a chair, um, so he really you know puts his life and soul into uh, my father, Dave Steinberg. Um, so I guess by extension, that means that anything that he needs done, I've, had, I've uh, tried to pick up as much as I can. But I can't say I take credit for the mission because there, there's a whole group of people that really, um, that really do so much for it that anything that I've done is just, you know, minuscule. Moshe Steinberg is with us. The people you're traveling with right now from Queens, do they look like an enthusiastic bunch? Do you think they'll accomplish a lot here today at NORPAC 1000? Uh, everyone's here reading over the talking points, making sure they know everything cold. So, yeah, I think we got this one. Can you give me one of those talking points? Can you read to me one of the things that 
people are going to make sure to be prepared with when they walk the halls of Congress today? Um, well, I'm looking at this. I think it's uh, H991. It's a, uh, it's a bill to help put sanctions, monetary and legal sanctions, against uh, the Hezbollah terrorist uh, group. Uh, we're trying to get Congress to recognize them not only as a terrorist organization, which they already have, after the attacks both against America, Israel, and, frankly, the rest of the world. Uh, but we want to get them labeled as a drug-smuggling organization, a narcotics organization, which would, uh, which would, would, give, them, would give America more leeway to put, um, to, to put uh, uh, monetary uh, laws against them. So, and they also want to say that basically anybody that does any banks or any financial institutions that do business with Hezbollah, therefore cannot do business with America. And we expect, we expect to pass this, this, uh, this bill. And with that, uh, we expect to really, you know, hope to destroy Hezbollah in that, in that sense. Phenomenal. Great example of the work that's being done today to push something like that forward. Kalakavo to you, Moshe Steinberg. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And good luck today. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing day for your group and for the entire NORPAC 1000. JM and the AM live from the Washington Convention Center on this Rosh Chodesh Wednesday morning. I thank you for tuning in. Hour number one is almost complete. Plenty more coming up with special guests calling in, people here at the Washington Convention Center. And, of course, we'll be here to greet you when you get here in this gigantic room, which will be filled with 1,000 strong later today, getting their final instructions and inspiration before they head to the Senate and to the United States House of Representatives to advocate for a great U.S.-Israel relationship. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web at jmandtheam.org. Hashtag NORPAC1000 at JM and the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz opening up the 7 o'clock hour. News from Israel will return tomorrow. It's day 15, the counting of the Omer. Two weeks and one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Well, one of our close friends uh, of J.M. in the A.M. is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Yosef Adler is, of course, the rabbi of congregation Renat Yisrael in Teaneck, New Jersey. He is the uh, Rosh Yeshiva, the principal at TABC, the Torah Academy of Bergen County, a place that is very dear to our hearts, and we have an opportunity to speak with him this morning about today's NORPAC mission, NORPAC 1000, and its impact on students out there who are participating today. Rabbi Adler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Pleasure. A pleasure to speak with you on this Rosh Chodesh morning, a very special day. Uh, your school, among others, are always encouraging students to get involved to advocate and to help and rally and protest when it comes to items that are important to the United States and Israel. And today is no exception. I would assume there are TABC students who are on their way to Washington, D.C. right now. Yes, there are quite a number of uh, from TABC as well as uh, several other yeshiva high schools and even elementary students, um, junior high school students from uh, many of the local uh, yeshivot are uh, well represented. Now, what, what have people like you and your faculty, and of course the parents, we can't forget the parents, what have you done over the last couple of years with these students that uh, gives them the inspiration, gives them the uh, desire to spend a day in Washington to do the work of NORPAC? Uh, I, I think that uh, we've created uh, an atmosphere and an environment where students recognize uh, the incredible uh, role that the United Israel plays in their lives and will continue to play in their lives. Um, and having an opportunity uh, to speak to your congressman directly is something that is uh, to be considered a privilege uh, of being a citizen of the United States. It doesn't happen too frequently in many other in most other countries. Uh, and to see uh, the highest-ranking officials of government are willing to listen. Uh, to a young girl, a young boy, uh, who have uh, studied and prepared 
uh, a variety of issues uh, of concern, mutual concern, the United States and Israel is, is actually incredibly gratifying. Well, it's amazing what our educators are doing in this area. Kola Kavod, Rabbi Yosef Adler is with us. Uh, Rabbi Adler, is there any apprehension? Do you notice any nervous students as they head down to Washington this morning? Are they a little worried about presenting or being part of a group that's presenting to some of the highest officials in the land? Uh, right now, it's a little difficult to notice whether they're nervous, but I trust me, they will be nervous when they step into the uh, halls of a senator or a representative. Um, in fact, many of the uh, parents themselves uh, often request, as the leader of our group just uh, <clears throat> mentioned, they request observer status. Uh, not to uh, actually speak, just to be present, but we try to encourage everybody uh, to actually participate in the dialogue and the discussion. Um, each, each group leader usually assigns everybody one of the talking points. And uh, as a result, we try to get everybody involved. But it's not easy the first time. Um, uh, you know, you're talking to high-ranking officials, uh, and until you get uh, somewhat experience, it is somewhat nerve-wracking at the time. And I don't know if you've had this yet, although uh, probably I would guess at this point you have because uh, – uh, you've been in this uh, area of education for so long at this point. Uh, some of the parents, some of the um, uh, the middle-aged folks who are heading down to Washington and are going to be very vocal and very experienced at this, it is likely they began in this type of situation where at the age of 15 or 16 they were on their way down and maybe only taking observer status at that point. And they slowly that got... Is undoubtedly correct. Uh, and they, they've seen... Uh you know, how others have, uh, have uh, modeled it for them. And now they're some of the leading spokesmen uh, of the NORPAC trip to Washington. Rabbi Adler, uh, you're always one who, uh, who gives us great... Uh... Uh, information in regard to the uh, uh, in, in regard to this type of topic uh, like NORPAC and advocacy in Washington as it relates to Torah or the Jewish calendar. Uh, as a final thought, uh, it's the week of Yom HaShoah, and you know that Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut are right around the corner. Do you, do you feel a special significance doing this this time of year? Uh, there is no doubt uh, that this time of year uh, certainly lends itself uh, to thinking and concentrating about uh, the state of Israel. Um, every Yom HaShoah program uh, somehow leads into it, and certainly next week with Yom HaZikaron and Yom, and Yom HaTzmaut, uh, it certainly will be first and foremost on everybody's minds. And, um, but the focus today uh, is not necessarily represent the fact that uh, the bills that we're looking Congress to support uh, are in the best interest of Israel, but in effect that they're in the best interest of the United States. Right. And we're going first and foremost as citizens of the United States, uh, trying to foster and help uh, uh, our congressmen understand how vital uh, the relationship between Israel and the United States is uh, to the Americans, of course, to Israel as well, but uh, uh, first and foremost for the American community. A very important message for a lot of people. Uh, no no need to remind them, but for many, a very important reminder. Rabbi Adler is, of course, a rabbi of Congregation Renat Yisrael in Teaneck, principal of TABC, the Torah Academy of Bergen County. Best regards to all the students, Rabbi Adler, and a big yash for joining us this morning. Thank you. And if you're going to play any us today, Pinchik's Rebani Shalom of Sira is one of the most famous pieces 
that have ever been recorded. As usual, so, as usual, Rabbi Adler is not only advocating for strong U.S.-Israel relationships, he's advocating for strong cantorial JM and the AM relationships. Yes. Right. <laughs> Thank you very, okay. very much. Thanks. I don't You're know. Welcome. I don't right. know. I don't know if we're going to get to the Pinchik piece today, but we'll see what we can do on this Rosh Chodesh morning at JM the AM. Day 15 in the counting of the Omer. If you're uh, on Twitter, it's hashtag Norpak1000, N-O-R-P-A-C-1000. More special guests are coming up. It's a very special day. The halls of Congress, the United States Senate, the United States House of Representatives will be filled with people from our area, New Jersey, New York. We spoke so far with Bergen County and Queens and so many other areas. Areas are going to be represented today, coming to the nation's capital to advocate for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Why is it so significant this year? Because NORPAC has attracted 1,000 people, an incredible goal and an amazing accomplishment to be in Washington today. This Washington Convention Center where we are right now, this moment, is going to be filled with those 1,000 people within hours as they head down to Washington and get ready for an incredible morning of inspiration before heading to the United States Senate and the United States House of Representatives. Plenty more coming up on what we call an Israel Advocacy Rosh Chodesh Wednesday. It's NORPAC 1. At JM in the AM. Say, 
On this Rosh Chodesh morning here at uh, JM in the AM. Hashtag Norpak1000 if you're on Twitter. Uh, always nice when Siegels and Schreiber's reunite. And in this case, it's uh, Yosef Schreiber, who we last saw, I think, at the Beto Road dinner. That's absolutely right. That was, a, Good morning. Uh, that was a nice gathering. Good morning to you, sir. It was tons of fun, yes. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite an event. And today is quite an event. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Yosef Schreiber, by the way, for those of you uh, wondering... Why he's here? He is the chair of logistics for the Norpac mission. You think that uh, that people affiliated with Norpac and bringing a thousand people to Washington have a tough job? He has one of the toughest jobs, getting all those buses from all the different locations and making sure everybody has what they need, including three meals each day, three meals throughout the day here at Norpac. Um, it's interesting that I could be in what is now a an empty Washington Convention Center. And yet still understand and experience the enormity of this event. Just being in this room and looking and imagining what's going to be happening in this room just a couple of hours from now gives me an unbelievable perspective of how large and incredible this event has uh, gotten over the years. This is, uh, this is where it's all going to be happening, right? When everyone arrives on those buses in a few hours, everyone's going to be gathering in this room, correct? That's right. We're going to have a 1,000 people coming off of 24 buses that loaded this morning beginning at a quarter to five this morning, converging on this very spot at about 10.30, 11 o'clock if the weather cooperates with us and the traffic cooperates with us. Now, if you were on one of those buses today, it would be probably from the central New Jersey area, right? That's right. I've taken the bus uh, from Highland Park, one of the buses from Highland Park for the last decade or so. 
Uh, this is actually the first time that I'm actually here in the convention center to greet the buses when they come. And is there a nice representation from Highland Park, Edison, in general, Middlesex County? Is there a good representation this year? Uh, yes, we're very pleased with our representation. Uh, <laughs> we have, we're, I think we're bringing about 120 people all told, approximately between Highland Park, Edison, and East Brunswick. We're sending four buses down from what is our southernmost dispatching spot for this convention. Uh, obviously, the northernmost is Muncie, and those people had to get up at probably about a quarter to four in the morning, basically before I probably went to sleep. Right, just to get uh, here at the same time as everybody else. Right. Yosef Schreiber is with us. Norpac is not the way you normally spend your day, correct? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, want, no. I want to emphasize that this is a very strong volunteer effort on your part, right? Uh, it, me and uh, 30 other people. Right. Uh, we only really have three professionals in the organization. Uh, beginning six months ago, uh, the co-chairs of the mission start to work uh, on a more day-to-day basis to get us together. And uh, the talking points that we're going to be talking about today really started being worked on back in January. Um, it's hours and hours and hours of effort. Uh, I hope none of my partners, none of my law partners, are actually listening to this <laughs> and understand exactly how much uh, billable time went unbilled. Uh, but it's something that's easy for all of us who spend a lot of time doing this. It's very easy for us to do because it's a tremendous, wonderful opportunity and cause. Especially, I should say, aside from the talking points, which become, I guess, the central focus of the day, right? Yes. We have a mission. This is our mission, to get these points across to these leaders, right? That's basically uh, the mission. But aside from that, the the amazing camaraderie, the unity, the... I mean, I don't want to paint it as a big social event. That's not what it is. But it does turn out to be an incredible way to feed off everyone else's energy, to realize, hey, we're not the only ones who are concerned about the U.S. and Israel. We're not the only ones who are going down to Washington to, to make our voices heard. It must be an amazing feeling, as this room will be filled later on, to experience all that. It's an amazing feeling both in this room as well as in the halls on the hill. Uh, you know, our members walk around, they wear their Norpak yarmulkes, they walk around with Norpak badges around their necks. Uh, you see them in the halls. We'll be doing more than 400 meetings today. Wow. We're, we're covering more than 90% of the Senate, for example, and that's a typical for a mission. Uh, and to see all of those people traipsing around the halls from meeting to meeting, each unified in purpose, right. it's a tremendous sense of achtut, and not only for those of us who participate, but for the members of Congress and their staffs to look out and see a room of laypeople who fill this tremendous room that we're sitting in, uh, as well as those offices on the Hill, uh, they extrapolate from that and they assume that many, many, many more would be here if they could get away from work and they understand just how important the issue is. Yosef Schreiber is here. Uh, so for anybody doing the math, very close to the full Senate will be visited today. Correct. Over 90 senators will be seen face-to-face. -face. Correct. Well, some of them will be with the senators. Right. Some of them will be with their staffs. It depends. Remember, Wednesday is a very busy right. day down here in Washington. Usually the busiest during the week. Uh, correct. Uh, and when it comes to the House, it will be hundreds. Hundreds of House members will be meeting with NORPAC people today. That's absolutely correct. Uh, how long does it take to set up those meetings? I mean, you've got to get <laughs> onto everybody's calendar, right? Uh, it's, it's really incredible, and it goes down often to the last minute. In fact, some of our people who will be here today will be getting emails and phone calls and text messages from Avi Schranz and Mission Control, and we could not do this without his incredible work. 
uh, telling them, wait a minute, you have to go somewhere else, or your particular member of Congress has a last-minute committee meeting or a vote, uh, or we may have to split a group. It requires a lot of flexibility and talent by the group leaders that we have here on the ground and the people they have with their groups. Uh, but it's 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 really a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I should mention, by the way, that th- there are people out there, I'm sure, that would love to support the work of NORPAC, not just for this mission, but what they do all year round, because they're meeting with members of the House and Senate always, right? It's not just today in April when they're doing it. They're right. always meeting with them. So, so today is really the day when we can be here in person right. in the offices themselves and let people know how important these issues are to us. But NORPAC doesn't only run the mission. In fact, this is really the tip of the iceberg. The idea is to give us an opportunity to develop longstanding relationships with the members, with their staffs, so that we can be their go-to contact when they have questions about issues that arise with respect to Israel, and so that we have people that we can call. And really, people have developed wonderful relationships with their members, uh, with those staffs, uh, about very pressing issues. For example, the the first Iron Dome intercept occurred the day after after we were here talking about about Iron Dome funds, and all of us were able to follow up with the people we had just met the day before and say, hey, you know that missile program? Well, guess what? must Um, be a great feeling when a member of the House calls you and says, what do you think of what just happened? You know, looking for your perspective and just want to make sure that they understand the issue in full. Correct, and that only happens because we take the time and we cultivate the relationships. And then, because we are an actual political action committee, right. um, you know, we do host fundraisers. We're, we're a single-issue political action committee. Right. We're nonpartisan. We support Democrats. We support Republicans. We support independents. The only issue that we're concerned about, and frankly, as far as I'm aware, it's the most important issue because support for the Jewish state and the way the world treats Jews is a good bellwether of what the conditions are going to be like in the world, that's the only issue we're interested in. And we help raise money to get people elected and keep them in office. That's why I say that if people want to look into supporting NORPAC, you welcome that, of course. And they they can go to the website, I guess, and just get information, NORPAC.net. Simple as that. Yosef Schreiber is here. We talked about feeding all the people here today. (laughs) You spoke about the buses. All those logistics are really important. But there's another aspect to this, and that is that everyone who comes down has to in some way be trained how to speak and what to say to members of uh, of Congress down here in Washington. Uh, one one uh, uh, piece of that is knowing exactly what bill to refer to and how to refer to them. I guess that's an ongoing process for you, right? Yes. Well, it's uh, you know we go through refining those talking points. I said we start in January, right? Um, and we really work very hard. First of all, we, we're a mainstream organization. We work very hard to make sure that the issues that we're talking about are au courant. We also want to make sure that they are um, not going to be things that that we shouldn't be talking about. Uh, But it's very important for us to raise issues that require uh, attention by by the members. Some of them are very simple, foreign aid for Israel, for example, as part of the larger foreign aid bill. Some of them are newer. For example, there's a a bill out there to sanction Hezbollah this year. Uh, It's brand new. We're going to be out there talking about that, among other talking points that we have for ourselves. But you have 1,000 Jews in Washington. It's uh, sometimes hard enough to get, you know, 100 Jews in a shul to be talking (laughs) a lot, singing the same song and using the same words. So words and music are important to us. So the training sessions actually start, and they're held in multiple locations um, all around the tri-state area where we not only give people a 35-page brochure um, that tells them the, the points we're advocating for and gives them the background facts so that they're intelligent about them, uh, but we also tell them 
the proper protocol for meeting with a member of Congress, uh, how to get around. We give them maps. We tell them how to get there. We tell them how to get back. How to look, what to say. Uh, we tell them business attire, right. things like that. We don't tell them what to say in a sense. It's not right. mind control, Nachum. But right. the idea is that this is support. not the time for someone whose pet interest is, uh, you know, trying to find their kid a job to right. talk about internships. We're here to talk about the points that, nor- that are important to NORPAC. Um, but, you know, just to quantify that for you, think about it. We print up in excess of 35,000 pages of training materials and talking points, along with the maps and the directions and the tips and our bus leader sheets and our group leader sheets. You know, we probably kill an awful lot of trees for that mission because all of those go into envelopes and packets and folders which are handed out and which our people on our buses are looking at right now. Right. Uh, if they're Easily not watching. Preparing. That's right, if they're not watching our videos. Right. And uh, that all comes down. It all has to be done in advance. It all comes down here to Washington with them. All right, Yosef Schreiber, a big, uh, a big thank you to you. There are going to be a lot of people here all day long uh, who are benefiting and are, and, are, and are helping both the United States and Israel benefit uh, from the work of NORPAC. Uh, people will be in Washington actually in meetings till about what time today? Our last meetings today are at 4.30. Those will be the last appointments. Right, and our first meeting is at noon. So we start shuttling people to the hill from here. Those 24 buses that bring people here become shuttle buses in the morning to get people up to the hill. And they start running. The first one will probably start running about 11.30 or 11 o'clock. I have the exact times, but right right now (laughs) at the top of my head. Uh, And they'll make make 24 trips to the hill and back just to get the people over there. Uh, For the people who have early meetings, they'll leave early. For the people who don't, they'll have the pleasure of sitting here and listening to some very exciting speakers in our plenary session. Um, the plenary session, the, well, the first, the, the last meeting that people have to get to will be one o'clock to start. Uh, the 4:30 people are going to get home a little bit later. Right. But we've gotten much better also about getting the people who end earlier home earlier. Very nice. Nevertheless, the people from Muncie are looking at a 19 to 20 hour day. <laughs> Just think about it. They'll probably get home somewhere around 11:30 tonight, 11:15. And they've probably been up since a little before four. Right, and hopefully they'll get wet, much needed rest on the bus ride home. Uh, Yosef, I know you'll be sticking around, so we'll do more coming up. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's an amazing sight. The NORPAC banner is hanging high over this room at the Washington Convention Center, waiting for 1,000 people to converge. Uh, if you're tweeting today, use the hashtag NORPAC1000. Again, that's NORPAC1000, and uh, you'll be able to um, uh, go ahead and... Uh, and, um, and and let us know where you are, uh, what you're doing right now in terms of the NORPAC mission. Are you on the bus? Are you already at the plenary? Are you in your meeting? Are you walking the halls of Congress? Let us know through Twitter at, or I should say, hashtag NORPAC1000. More coming up, JM and the AM from Washington, D.C., keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org.
JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in on this NORPAC 1000 Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. My name is Nachum Siegel, joined in Washington by our chief engineer, ZK, by our general manager, Miriam L. Wallach, by Mark Zamek, producing today's show at my side, and by all of our special guests who are either here at the Washington Convention Center or via telephone as we uh, anticipate an amazing group who are going to be in Washington advocating for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. NORPAC's uh, website for information about their activities all year round is norpac.net, N-O-R-P-A-C dot net. You know, earlier we had, um, oh, you know, we'll do that a little later on. Uh, let's go to Rabbi Goldwasser. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. A Mishnah in Perkyova states, Be careful in performing a minor mitzvah, just as a person would be careful in performing a major mitzvah, for we don't know the reward that is given for each mitzvah. We calculate the cost of a mitzvah against its reward, and the reward of a sin against its cost. The Hafla comments on this and notes that if we don't know the reward for each mitzvah, how could we possibly assess its value? He cites the Talmud and Chulin. There was once an individual who stole a mitzvah of Kisayadam, covering the blood, from the person who had shechted the bird. Rabbi Gamliel determined that the injured party should be paid ten golden pieces. How was this amount estimated? Rabbi Gamliel established how much the mitzvah was worth. From who it had been stolen. The injured party revealed his assessment of his own personal value of the mitzvah, Had he not, the guilty party would have been obligated to pay whatever price was demanded of him. The the Hafla says, this is how we read the Mishnah. Be scrupulous in performing a minor mitzvah as in a major mitzvah, for we don't know the reward given for each of the mitzvahs. The reward for the mitzvah can be assessed by calculating the personal value of the mitzvah and also the punishment for Navera by one's personal evaluation of the worth of the Avera. The Aflo concludes that one who does a mitzvah solely because of his deep love for Hashem and he really doesn't consider the reward he's going to receive, his compensation is indeed infinite. A wealthy man with a wonderful daughter was seeking an equally extraordinary son-in-law. When he finally found a suitable character, he invited the father to come meet with him so that they could finalize the shidduch. Since the prospective Mechutan lived in a faraway city, the father of the girl sent a magnificent carriage to transport him. The two parents met for a few hours, but the father of the young man seemed reluctant. When the wealthy man saw it, he offered him a deal sweetener. Aside from the substantial dowry that his daughter would bring to the marriage, the wealthy man promised the Mechutin an additional 400 gold pieces. The prospective Mechutin was still hesitant. The girl's father then tried another tactic. He turned to the young man who was sitting on the side of the table and proposed the Shidduch directly to him. The young man immediately accepted. They wished each other Mazel Tov, drank a Lechaim, and signed the Tanoim without the approval of the father. A while later, the father of the Chassan approached the man and said, Where are the 400 golden coins you promised me? The wealthy man said, Oh no, it's true that I offered you that large sum of money, 
But that was only so you would be amenable to the Shidduch. Now that the Shidduch was finalized without you, we have no business together. Similarly, the Dumno Magid points out, Hashem Yisbarach makes a Shidduch among Klal Yisrael. It's between the Guf and the Neshama. When the Neshama wants to perform a mitzvah, it needs the cooperation of the Guf. If the Guf or the body is amenable and helps the Neshama achieve its desires, then the Guf is rewarded in this world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. We are here at Norpac 1000. If you're tweeting today, please use that Twitter uh, hand, not handle. What's it called? Hashtag. Hashtag Norpac 1000 so we could see uh, what you have to say regarding the Norpac mission. A lot of people in this audience are on their way down as we speak. And I thank everybody who's um, heading down to Washington, ready for an incredible day of advocacy for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. We have spoken so far this morning to the young and old, who uh, people from every generation who are uh, on their way down with groups from different areas, busloads of folks who woke up very, very early this morning to come down to Washington, D.C. for this annual event. It really is an incredible gathering. We are in what is now an empty Washington Convention Center, and nonetheless, despite the... Uh, uh, the fact that very few people are in this room at this point, it is still an exhilarating experience. You see the NORPAC banner hanging up front. You see the uh, incredible number of chairs that are set up for the special guests who are coming from all different areas. It really is an incredible feeling to be here and anticipate the arrival of so many hundreds of people, all the way up to 1,000 that are going to be participating. By the way, earlier we spoke to Rabbi Adler from TABC, and I do remind everybody in the TABC community that the first annual Esther Semelman Memorial All-Star Hockey Game is happening at the brand new TABC gym. Uh, proceeds to benefit I Shine. Uh, it's happening this Sunday, May the 4th. Uh, the JV contest at 2.30, the varsity at 4.30 p.m. It's $5 general admission. Everybody's encouraged to not only... Um, uh, come, but to support the cause as well. There's plenty of sponsorships available. For information, SemelmanAllStarHockey at gmail.com. SemelmanAllStarHockey at gmail.com. It's JM in the AM on this Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh, day 15 in the counting of the Omer. If you got to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Upcoming this hour, Congressman Ed Royce, who is chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee from California, is scheduled to join us. Many prominent people, um, when it comes to, uh, many prominent people this morning on our show, when it comes to the U.S. House, no one more prominent than Ed Royce. He'll be joining us with comments about what is happening in this current Congress in terms of the U.S.-Israeli relationship. We'll also ask him about the, uh, uh, different news items that have been dominating U.S.-Israel news over the last couple of days. And in addition to that, we'll have a chance to ask him his impressions of NORPAC. What is it like for a member of Congress when you see a 1,000 people from the New York, New Jersey area come down to uh, Washington, D.C. for a day, we will speak with him about that coming up at JM in the AM. I do want to remind you that among our guests tomorrow at JM in the AM are by Dr. Aaron Rakefet Rothkoff is scheduled to join us. A couple of major events coming up surrounding him uh, at Yeshiva University. We will discuss that tomorrow morning with him at JM in the AM. And also the Maccabees are scheduled for tomorrow as we drift into our acapella format 
the or I should say our our Sphera format. Uh, the Maccabees are scheduled to join us at JM and the AM tomorrow morning. I do want to remind those who listen all day long on our stream at jmandtheam.org. We have an incredible day today, as usual, including a special live lunch dedicated to brand-new a cappella music with Yossi's Wag starting at 11 a.m. Plus, Mark Zamek reminds me that we have a Rosh Chodesh a cappella combination, or I should say Rosh Chodesh Sphera combination, on the stream today and tomorrow. And then, of course, after our regular Erev Shabbos stream, we will get into a Sphera format completely at JM and the AM. Org. I do want to remind the folks down at Rutgers Hillel that they have their third annual uh, FIT 5K coming up on May the 4th. FIT stands for For Israel Team Hillel. That's happening this coming Sunday. I wish them the best of luck. It's always an amazing and incredible event happening May the 4th. Information at 732 Oh, seven. I also want to take this opportunity to wish Rabbi Mrs. Yaakov Wasser and Mr. and Mrs. Frank Kleinerman a mazel tov on last night's wedding that happened at the Rose Castle in Brooklyn, New York. I did intend originally to be at the big celebration, but then obviously with our mission to Washington, that was not able to occur. So we send mazel tov wishes uh, to both families from all of us here at JM and the AM. Yesterday, in advance of NORPAC, we had an opportunity to see the activity uh, on the House floor, the Senate floor. We were in the White House yesterday. Uh, touring the uh, White House uh, press room and briefing room. It is where so much that goes on, not just in the United States, but affects the entire world, happens on a daily basis. And today, 1,000 strong are joining uh, with NORPAC to be here in Washington to have an effect on what happens here in Washington, especially vis-a-vis the United States-Israel relations. And um, the influence, the amount, or I should say the type of uh, influence that one can have uh, through a day like today is uh, just incredible. Uh, you'll hear from a member of Congress who will describe that for us coming up at JM and the AM. And the NORPAC leadership uh, can tell you, based on the testimonies that they've heard from Washington, D.C., that when they bring a group, especially one this large and this strong, down to Washington, it makes a tremendous impact on what's going on here in Washington. If you want information about NORPAC's activities all year round, not just this incredible mission that happens in April, but all year round, go to NORPAC.net and learn about what they do in regard to candidates and those who are in office in the United States Congress all through the year. More coming up. Keep it here at JM and the AM from the Washington Convention Center on a Wednesday Rosh Chodesh morning. Here's David Gabay. Shehumoid <laughs> 
Hashtag NORPAC1000 if you're on your way down, if you're listening on the JM and the AM or Nahum Siegel Network app. 
or however you're tuned into this program. Uh, again, hashtag NORPAC1000 if you're on your way down, if you want to tell people where you're up to, uh, how excited you are about this incredible day, what you plan on saying to members of the United States House and the United States Senate. We want to hear all that and see all that on Twitter. Uh, here with our chief engineer, ZK, our engineer, Stan, in our studio, Miriam L. Wallach, Mark Zamek, all the entire team together on a Washington, D.C. morning as we are in the Washington Convention Center uh, in the actual room where the NORPAC 1000 will be gathered hours from now as they'll get set from this room to head to the floors of Congress and start addressing issues that are important to the uh, United States-Israel relationship. Uh, our guest list, our distinguished guest list for this week continues to grow. Dory Gold is going to be joining us tomorrow, we've just confirmed, as we continue to uh, analyze some of the things that have been happening recently, especially this new relationship between the PA and Hamas, something that we will ask the um, uh, chairman of the uh, House Foreign Relations Committee about in minutes. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to join us. Mark tells me that he's actually leaving a breakfast in order to, or walking out or stepping out, I should say, of a breakfast in order to join us and make a statement regarding NORPAC and the United States-Israel relationship uh, in the next few minutes, hopefully right here at JM in the AM. If you are one of the uh, members who's on one of those 24 buses right now heading down to Washington, I say kolakavod to you, taking off a day of work, a day of school to join NORPAC. A big thank you to its president, uh, Dr. Choak, the mission chairs, Dr. Baumel, uh, Dr. Schlussel, David Steinberg, all of whom, all of, all of whom are... Um, uh, leaders of NORPAC and are, again, uh, leading 1,000 people on this incredible and remarkable day here in Washington, D.C. I am told that we are joined now by the chairman of the uh, House Foreign Relations Committee uh, from the state of uh, California, the 39th District United States Representative Congressman Ed Royce. Mr. Chairman, welcome to JM in the AM. Um, we have him? No? Okay. We will try to reconnect. We will try to reconnect with him in just a moment and uh, welcome the chairman to our airwaves here at JM in the AM, a conversation that we have been anticipating well, ever since we found out that the, uh, ever since we found out, ever since we found out that he'd be joining us this week, some of the, uh, some of the uh, news items that have been happening are a key to ask him about. Again, Congressman Ed Royce is uh, uh, chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. Mr. Chairman, welcome to JM in the AM. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you this morning. It is a pleasure to speak with you, and we'll speak about NORPAC in this incredible day in just a moment. First, so many of our listeners are curious about your reaction to this brand-new relationship between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. Well, I, I think it's a disaster. You know, uh, we observed uh, the Days of Remembrance, uh, you know, Pogrom Night, uh, 1938, last night here in the Capitol, um, in recognition uh, to, of the 1,300 synagogues that were destroyed that day. And one of the one of the observations that I and Elliot Engel made uh, was the the tie to um, the incendiary hatred. Um, the incitement language that we that we had heard in the 1930s, and and that language was was uh, followed by work by uh, action. When someone makes the types of threats that Hamas has made against Jews and against Israel, 
uh, it would be malfeasance for the United States uh, to sit by and allow Hamas, given what is in their charter, uh, to politically combine with the Palestinian Authority. So now is the time for all of us to speak up and get active and understand just how dangerous this situation is. Uh, Rand Paul was with us yesterday. We were speaking about his proposal about stopping aid to the PA. Uh, do you think that would be an effective measure? Do you think it's worthwhile fighting for that in the United States Congress? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, my language to um, uh, the Palestinian Peace Promotion and Anti-Incitement Act requires certification that the Palestinian Authority is no longer encouraging incitement against Israel and is engaged in peace preparation activities before they receive any funding. And we were actually able to get that into the appropriations bill for the first time um, I think you and I have talked in the past about my confrontation with uh, President Abbas on this issue when I was in Israel, uh, and I challenged him given a speech he had previously given in which he denied the Holocaust, and I showed him photographs my father had taken after Dachau was liberated, uh, and we ga- engaged in an argument. Now, we have, finally, we have finally got him to back down on his assertions. Abbas now admits for the first time uh, the the gravity of, of, of the Holocaust. But that doesn't mean that the Palestinian Authority is doing that, or certainly Hamas. And so uh, I monitor, I get reports on what they say on the, on the Palestinian Authority. You and I have gone through the textbooks and seen what's in those textbooks. Listen, that, that all should be shut down in terms of aid there until, until they, they teach peace rather than hate. Oh, you are so right, and we thank you for that. Congressman Ed Royce is with us, Chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. We're not going to let you go before speaking about NORPAC, and I appreciate your patience this morning. But first, as the Chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, we must ask you about Iran and what you think of the current situation uh, when it comes to sanctions, when it comes to the possibility of military action. Where would you say the United States and its congressional leaders stand right now? Well, as you know, we passed... um, uh, legislation authored by myself and co-authored by Elliot Engel out of our House, unanimously out of the committee, for tougher sanctions on Iran. On the House floor, 400 to 20. That was in NORPAC. That was with NORPAC support. Right. And we passed that legislation over into the Senate. We have 66 supporters in the Senate. And, of course, um, the, the Senate leader, Mr. Reid, refuses to bring that, that bill up. It would take 67 senators to force his hand. We're still pushing for that because our calculus on this is the opposite of the administration's. We feel the only way we have any security here is if we put the type of debilitating sanctions on Iran to block um, expatriation of any earnings into the country in order to just absolutely collapse the economy unless unless the Ayatollah comes to the table and truly compromises. And, and by truly compromising, what I mean is stop the centrifuges from spinning. As you know, Iran right now asserts that the United States will allow it to continue its ICBM program, to continue to try to shrink the warhead to fit on an ICBM, to continue to do R&D on uh, faster and faster centrifuges, and to continue their plutonium program. They assert all of these rights, 
And, and clearly, that means we've adopted the wrong strategy. Our strategy should be to give the Ayatollah a choice between economic collapse and compromise to end his enrichment capability. Mm. And we thank you for continuing to fight that important fight on Capitol Hill. Uh, Congressman Ed Royce of California is chair of the House Foreign Relations Committee. I'd love for you to describe what it's like on the other side. We keep talking about NORPAC and this incredible group of people that we are watching come to Washington today, gathering 1,000 strong to hit the Senate and the uh, and the United States House of Representatives uh, with an important message about the United States-Israel relationship. What's it like from your vantage point when you see so many citizens coming to the nation's capital and spending a day like this in Washington? I've always thought it was inspirational, and the other the other aspect of it uh, is that many younger and younger um, people are coming with NORPAC, many students, and uh, I, I really encourage um, parents, you know, introduce, introduce your children to this, because we know what's happening on the college campuses, but uh, after... After these delegations come and talk with members of the House and Senate or key staff members, it's, it's also a learning experience for those who are trying to uh, understand the process and exert their rights. And, and that isn't just the NORPEC members, but, uh, you know, sons and daughters, because those sons and daughters will be challenged on the campus in terms of the divestiture campaign against Israel. Uh, and I think that that uh, with this boycott effort uh, that, that is increasingly rearing its ugly head on the campuses and the type of anti-Semitism we see, one of the best ways to counter this is not just to speak out and exert your right, you know, to, to practice your rights to come to the nation's capital, but also continue to talk to the next generation and prepare them, prepare these young people for what they're going to face on the college campuses and so uh, I really thank Norpac for all of that. What an important message. It's much appreciated. I guess you would join me then in saying to the Norpac 1000, welcome to Washington. Hey, welcome to Washington, indeed. And it couldn't come at a more important time, let me add. That's for sure. Mr. Chairman, thank you so much for joining us. It is great to speak with you. This audience appreciates your work very, very much. And I appreciate your program, and thanks for keeping your listeners informed. Thank you very much. Congressman Ed Royce, chair of the uh, House Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, he is, as you, uh, as you heard, somebody who could be counted on when it comes to the United States-Israel relationship. And he will be uh, thanked many times today in the halls of Congress by members of NORPAC who are going to be walking those halls and seeing him and uh, many, many others. As you heard, over 90 senators of the 100 will be visited today. Uh, the majority of the members of the House will be visited today, all because of the incredible preparation and this mission of NORPAC. If you are tweeting today, use the hashtag NORPAC1000. To commemorate 1,000 strong coming from the New York, New Jersey area and coming to this nation's capital to meet in small groups with members of Congress, to spend the day in Washington, to advocate for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. We are here at the Washington Convention Center in what now is a large, incredibly large, cavernous room, which will be filled very soon with 1,000 people who will be speaking, or I should say who will be hearing distinguished speakers and then heading to Capitol Hill to make an impact.
impact in a one-on-one situation with members of the United States Congress. It's an incredible day. NORPAC does it every single year, just part of their incredible work that goes on to support candidates who are important to the United States-Israel relationship. Information about all of this, NORPAC.net, N-O-R-P-A-C.net. And I again thank President Dr. Ben Shoak and Dr. Richard Schlussel and Dr. Lori Baumol and David Steinberg, all who are chairing today's mission uh, to Washington. Uh, what is really an incredible day. JM and the AM is proud to be in Washington, D.C., in advance of 1,000 strong arriving here later today. Thanks for tuning in to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. <laughs> It was a great idea to feature Rabbi Ben-Zion Schenker, I should say Kenter Ben-Zion Schenker, and his B'Tseis Yisrael on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Day 15 in the counting of the Omer. It's an amazing NORPAC day. An amazing NORPAC day as NORPAC 1000 
is taking place somewhere between New Jersey and Washington right now. That's where everyone is at this point, on the road to the nation's capital. We spent an amazing day here yesterday in the Senate, the House, and in the White House in advance of this uh, incredible show at the Washington Convention Center. Uh, Dr. Ben Shoak is with us live via telephone. He is the president of NORPAC, a distinguished physician. Many of you know him through his affiliation with the Englewood Hospital and Medical Center and a holy name hospital. And um, he is the president of NORPAC and could give us his feelings on this special Wednesday morning edition of JM and the AM. Dr. Choak, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It is a pleasure, uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Give me your feelings as you know that at the moment uh, 1,000 people are heading to Washington, D.C., ready to fill the Washington Convention Center and then the halls of Congress later today to advocate for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Well, it's, it's a very exciting day and a very exciting mission. We have important issues to speak about. The members of our organization who are going down today are very well prepared to speak about these issues. We, we prepare talking points for them. We have videos. They have uh, reference information. They study the material well, and they come into these offices well prepared to speak and well prepared to advocate for specific legislation and, and to advocate for the strongest U.S.-Israel relationship. Generally, you will find that, that this is a very effective, very effective mission for those people who attend it. Do you remember your first mission to Washington? I remember, actually, I do remember. My, the first uh, mission to Washington was um, oh, in the early 90s. And, and uh, I was actually, um, I, I, uh, I remember one meeting specifically. Um, this, was, um, this was in the early 90s, and I met a fellow named, named Locke Faircloth. Locke Faircloth was a senator from North Carolina who, who uh, knew virtually nothing about our issues, but he, he, was, he was a, a nice gentleman, and I took the time to get to know him, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately had him in my home. And we talked at that time about um, about uh, Palestinian terrorists that have killed Americans, uh, such as uh, um, such as you know Elisa Flatow. And as it turns out, the the um, the week after uh, he had been in our home, and we had been discussing these issues, that the Flatow men came up in subcommittee in his appropriations subcommittee. And who of all people do you think got up to defend the amendment when it was trying to be quashed by the State Department? None other but Senator Locke Faircloth from, from North Carolina, who, who would otherwise have never known about such an issue. He got up, he defended it, ultimately, uh, ultimately it helped very much to put, shine light on this issue and to facilitate the, the, um, uh, compensation, uh, from Iran to the Slato family. It is amazing. This town is all about relationships and information. And as you just described, uh, there are members of Congress who are interested in helping out and want to be there, especially when it comes to the United States 
and Israel. But they have to be informed, and that's the responsibility of people like us and uh, the people who've taken on that responsibility for today. As you know, 1,000 strong are coming to the nation's capital as we speak. And the story that you just told is going to be duplicated. It'll, there'll be different players, there'll be different members of government, uh, different people who are uh, able to inform them, but it'll be duplicated. There'll be people meeting today with members of Congress that will then go, the members will, and take those issues and that information and bring them to the floor of, of Congress. Yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very encouraged. We, you know, obviously the some of the issues we're talking about is the foreign aid bill, which, which helps uh, get Israel its military, uh, military equipment that it depends on to defend the country. Uh, the most sophisticated equipment, obviously, is made in America, and and the 3.1 billion dollars is largely goes to uh, grants of this equipment to Israel from the United States uh, defense. Uh, manufacturers, and we also talk about the Israel missile defense system. The missile defense system in Israel, the Iron Dome, that they've explained the Arrow 2 and 3, these systems have been largely funded through grants from the United States to help help their development, and and they've been they've been very uh, very wi- widely accepted as being very effective, and and of course. Some of these systems are still in development as the Arrow 3 to help protect Israel from from the uh, inter, intercontinental ballistic missile threat. And that's just one example, a great example, but just one example of the role that uh, people today and uh, through past missions have played here in Washington. Uh, you must be very proud. You're president of uh, NORPAC, uh, Dr. Choak. That today must be a very significant day for you, uh, that you're seeing so many people respond and take the responsibility to be here in the nation's capital. There are people on the buses right now who are listening uh, to this program on their apps, on their smartphones, etc. Is there a specific message you would say directly to those bus participants who've woken up very early this morning to descend on the nation's capital and spend a very effective day here today? Well, what I would say to them is, is first, thank you for coming. You know, you, you know, a lot of people talk about doing something, a lot of people think about doing something, but when when you get up, you read the materials, you prepare to go and give your time and your resources towards this different, towards this effort. You're saying, Hanani, I'm here today, I'm here to make a difference, and, and God willing, we will make a difference. To say the least. Thank you so much, Kolak Avod, and I say mazel tov to you on this amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Dr. Ben Shoak is a president of NORPAC, a very proud president today, as you can imagine. More coming up at JM in the AM. We have more special guests right here at the Washington Convention Center who will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. A very special day. We call it NORPAC 1000. If you're tweeting today, make sure to use that hashtag, NORPAC 1000, to spread the word all day long about your specific activities on behalf of the United States and Israel. More coming up from the Washington Convention Center on this Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. Yeah.
JM in the AM. That's Yehuda Green, of course. Thanks for tuning in on this special Rosh Chodesh morning. It is day uh, 15 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Rob and Irene Gottesman are here in the Washington Convention Center. Uh, they are NORPAC members. They have been on many missions. They remember missions that included only one bus, believe it or not. Good morning to both of you. Good, Good morning. morning. Nice to have you here. Uh, by the way, don't you agree with me that even though it's an empty room, because of the number of chairs that are here and the way this room is set up already, there's an energy here that we're feeling as we're anticipating a thousand people to fill this place in a couple yes, hours? a lot of energy. It really is amazing. This convention center is going to be the hub of activity in a couple of hours, and then everyone's going to leave here and go to the floors of Congress. Do you uh, recall, uh, you said you recall the one bus and the humble beginning, so to speak. Do you recall any of the elected officials who you first met with during the initial journeys to Washington? Well, I tend to see Ohioans because I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Ah. So uh, we saw a number of the Ohioans. In fact, uh, Eric Fingerhut was one of the first congressmen that I saw, and he today heads Hillel uh, nationwide. Right. And he was among the first that you saw at that time. Yes. Anybody you recall from the past? Uh, I'll never forget my meeting with Charlie Wilson. Oh, boy, that's um, a name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he was, he was just a... a an amazing person, tremendously dynamic, and loved Israel. And it's it's very it's very energizing coming down here because uh, some of the meetings are, are they're all memorable, some extraordinarily so. Right. But you really get charged meeting members of Congress who really feel that Israel, the U.S. relationship is very important. Right. Uh, we talk about the uh, small crowd at the beginning of this whole process and the fact that there's 24 buses today, obviously much more energy and a lot more inspiration. Uh, but but it didn't feel like a lonely feeling back then with just a bus load, right? It still felt like there was a tremendous camaraderie and that everybody together was effectively on a very important mission to Washington. Yes. In fact, we used to have luncheons where the senators and congressmen came and talked to us while we ate lunch. In those days, we were able to have not only our meetings on, this, on the Hill, but also we were able to have our plenary sessions on the Hill. At that time, they allowed us to use the Senate rooms for our meetings. We've outgrown that, and plus right. they've changed the rules so that we have to use the convention center as a result. Uh, speaking with uh, Irene and Rob Gottesman, a lot of people like to talk about tipping points. Uh, at, at what point this thing really took off. Is there a time or an issue or a specific time in the U.S.-Israel relationship where you remember that this mission all of a sudden became, you know, 100 strong and, and really made a tremendous turn for the better in terms of attendance? I think Ben Choak, our president, was really the cause of that. He really changed the organization from being one that gave small monies to congressmen that supported our issues to larger sums of money to congressmen who supported our issues. So it was at that point in time that he really invigorated the organization. And it had a ripple effect to the point where the mission just became very large. Right. I wanted to point out sure. one thing. Um, on a number of these missions, we brought young children. Right. And one of the things you notice when you talk to a, a congressman or a senator is your ability to effectuate change. You know, we are Americans, and we feel a responsibility to uh, give our views to our elected representatives. And one case in point, I came with my young daughter. She must have been in junior high at the time. And she spoke about a particular issue with Senator DeWine from Ohio. And after she spoke about it, he said, 
I'm going to vote for that. <laughs> so that was a very, um, it, it, it caused me to have goosebumps, so to speak, because here is a young girl that presented an issue, and a senator of the United States said he's going to vote for it because of her comment. This is the third or fourth time this morning that a guest has commented how a specific issue that they brought to the forefront of a, uh, you know, in a congressional office ended up going in the right direction because of their influence. It's just amazing. People wonder, is this worth it? Am I doing anything effectively? Is this going to make a difference? You can attest to the fact that it certainly does. It does. But I have to say one thing, that in many events, some of these issues that we bring up, it takes years, literally, right. to, to persuade Congress and Senate to vote for something. So in some cases, you're right. some cases, they vote right away. In some right. cases, it's the continued uh, coming down and bringing up the issues that eventually turns the tide, so to speak. Uh, where are you from, by the way? We both live in Englewood, New Jersey. I'm from originally from Ohio. That's and, why I set, tend to see Ohioans. And is uh, is there a, a large contingent in general from Englewood today? Like, are there going to be a lot of people here today? Oh, yes. A lot. A lot of people from Englewood. So they're ready for uh, the mm-hmm. U.S.-Israel relationship and advocating for it on Capitol Hill this morning. Yes. But it's not just this morning because we have – this is just the beginning. We leave here today, and we have built – it's really remarkable. Sometimes you, you go into an office, and, of course, you meet the member of Congress if, you're, if they're there. Otherwise, you meet uh, one of their aides who is very influential in the right. office. And, and it's amazing. You, just like with any situation, you walk in, and sometimes you have a particular chemistry with somebody. You find something in common, and that can be the beginning of a long, long relationship. And that is what we need to really – Remember, right. today's the beginning of, of a day where you can cultivate a very long, meaningful relationship with a member of Congress. Right. And today, and this is a very important message to the young people, today where they want everything instantly and they want results instantly. And why on earth did I text my congressman and they're not already fighting, <laughs> fighting for my cause on the floor of the, of the House? you got to reassure them that every little effort, as long as it might take, certainly helps. Uh, achieve that end. Well, thank you so much, uh, Rob Gottesman, Irene Gottesman, longtime NORPAC members, uh, worked on many NORPAC missions, and today proudly will welcome a thousand people to this room later on. Pleasure having you both on the air. Thank, thank you for, for having, having us. us. Thank you very much, and our Bye-bye. best to everybody in Ohio. Uh, I am told that Molly Fish is with us live via telephone. Uh, Molly Fish, along with her a late husband, Rabbi Stanley Fish, were founding members of Congregation Beth Aaron in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, she's been in Teaneck since the 1950s and very active in many, many different ventures in the Jewish and general community. Um, today, Molly, daughter-in-law Susan, Hannah, and Miriam Fish are all going to be in Washington, D.C. Hannah is a Mayanot sophomore. Big shout-out to our friends at Mayanot. Miriam is at Yavne. Big shout-out to our friends at Yavne. Molly Fish, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. I pl- um, uh- Looking forward to getting down to Washington and, and showing them how strongly we advocate for Israel and American-Israel relationship. Let me set you up for an important answer here. Uh, it's, it's around your 10th trip, we were told, uh, down with NORPAC, and your recently bat mitzvah granddaughter is joining you. Is that too young for somebody to head down for a day of advocacy in Washington? Uh, I think that anything younger than that is problematic, but a 12-year-old who knows what she's doing and is passionate about Israel, I think is an okay age to come. I think you have to know the child. 
Molly, we've been asking some of the longtime people uh, who've joined us this morning about their first experiences with NORPAC. Do you remember a specific meeting or encounter with a member of the United States Congress that sticks with you years later? Oh, well, I remember going to uh, talk to uh, Senator Lautenberg, and he was just so ebullient about his relationship with Israel that we couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> we had to wait to stick to the age. Well, that's good. I hope that happens today, where members of Congress are so enthusiastic about their relationship that they dominate the conversation. It's a wonderful thing to go down and see how many Congress people really are knowledgeable about Israel, really give us chizuk, and even more important than what we say is the fact that they see a thousand people with those NORPAC badges. They know that for each one of us, there were probably 10 people at home who couldn't come. And that certainly keeps Israel front and center in their thinking, and that's what we want. We've spoken about your, and I mentioned your role in terms of Bergen County and how long you've been there. What do you think it is about the Jewish community where you live that they're so involved in causes like this and that there's so many people down here today that are going to represent towns of Bergen County? just a lot of people who feel very, very strongly about Israel and uh, feel sucker-punched when they hear some of the statements that are made by uh, well-meaning people who claim to love Israel but really don't understand what it's all about. Yeah, sometimes the wrong thing is said and uh, and uh, it, it, it sends a shudder through the uh, the world of Israel advocacy. Uh, there are a lot of people, 1,000, who are heading down by bus right now. Uh, what's your message to them, especially the first-timers? What would you say to the people who are literally on their very first NORPAC mission? Keep your eyes and ears open. You will be absolutely blown away by the support that you hear for Israel from the majority of the people that you will see. And uh, feel good about it because we need to be reinforced, too, to know that the things that are so important to us as American Jews are also important to people who aren't Jewish. What an important point you make. We need to inspire and to be inspired. Exactly. Good luck today. Best regards to the entire family as you enjoy the day in Washington. Thank you. And we are uh, having the honor of having with us State Senator Loretta Weinberg. Oh. So that's going to be terrific. She's going to be meeting us down in Washington, and uh, that's an important person to uh, go around with you. Well, that's phenomenal. Please send our best. Uh, it's somebody who uh, we thought we'd be able to speak with this morning. We were not able to, but please extend our greetings. It's wonderful to have supporters of Israel in every type of legislature. Thank you, Molly. Welcome. Bye-bye. Molly Fish heading down with family members. Uh, we have been speaking to so many long-time NORPAC people, people who really have utilized the opportunity to come down to Washington every single year and enhance their family life and their uh, commitment to the United States and Israel uh, in this forum. It's just incredible. Today, people will be meeting in small groups with members of Congress, everything taken care of logistically by our friends at NORPAC. We thank uh, Dr. Choak. Uh, the president of NORPAC, we thank Dr. Richie Schlussel, who introduced me to NORPAC years ago, Dr. Laurie Baumel and David Steinberg, who are all chairmen 
of this mission uh, to Washington on behalf of NORPAC. We thank them for their hospitality and for uh, opening up the Washington Convention Center to us this morning as we continue to watch an amazing team of people prepare this room for 1,000 strong who are going to be coming to Washington today. We had the opportunity yesterday to be in the Senate and the House and the White House and to see some of what goes on behind the scenes in Washington, D.C., and to uh, really explore the inner workings of um, of this town, especially uh, vis-a-vis uh, some of the uh, uh, technological uh, methods that are used in order to um, get the word out from Washington to the entire world. It's been an interesting experience, to say the least. And today, everyone's going to have the opportunity to see how things work uh, within the halls of Congress, the House of Representatives, the United States Senate. As you heard earlier, over 90 representatives, or I should say over 90 U.S. senators, are going to be spoken to directly. The majority of members of the House of Representatives have meetings with members of NORPAC today on this mission. It is just amazing. Uh, Vera Coppell is with us. She is a Holocaust survivor. Um, a distinction in her story is that she was rescued by the great Raoul Wallenberg of blessed memory. She was born Veronica Hausen in Budapest, Hungary, and uh, is somebody who those of you are familiar with the Westchester Jewish community has been at the Young Israel of New Rochelle community for over 60 years. Vera Coppell, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi. A pleasure to speak to you. Uh, Thank you. Give give us your impressions. Somebody who's a survivor, somebody who has seen the depths of despair, especially as we speak this week after so many of us focused on Yom HaShoah. Give us your impressions being able to go on a day like well, this. I, I always say that, that, and please don't think that I'm crazy. I say that there cannot be a Shoah again. Why? Not because anti-Semitism is any less than it was before. It's just because 70 years ago when the show was... Okay, we're going to have to reconnect with Vera and uh, and speak with her coming up. Uh, she survived the Holocaust, as we said, rescued by Raoul Wallenberg, born in Hungary and is a... Uh, member of the uh, Westchester Jewish community for over six decades, started with a very interesting observation about the likelihood of, God forbid, another calamity like the Shoah befalling the Jewish people in this world. And um, we'll get her additional statement to that in just a moment here at JMNAM. Vera, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you were saying why there would not be another Shoah. Go ahead, give us your impression. I not because there is no anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is worse than ever before. But before we did not have a place to go, and I don't know if you heard me saying that everybody knows the story of the SS St. Louis yep. when the Jews there went from port to port, and there wasn't a country that would take them in from Cuba to the United States to Canada to every other port. But in the meantime, something has changed. And there is Israel now with its soldiers who are protecting all of us. And it's our responsibility here in the Galut to make sure that there is a strong Israel, that the Shoah can never, ever happen again. No question about it. It is Israel that protects all of us. Not everybody gets that message, but it's such an important one. Uh, Vera, your, your, your impressions about a day like today, 
seeing young and old going down to Washington and having their voices heard about the U.S. and Israel. What are you thinking as this is taking place? I think that's one of the most wonderful things. And it shows that here, Kral Israel can, if they want to stick together, to show our, what we want, what we need, and especially that we have all the young people coming with us and they will, they will be the future. So we have to help them to uh, achieve a good future for all Jews. I thank you so much for joining us. Your message is so vital, especially on a day like today. Kolak vote and thank you for being part of this. Thank you. Bye. V- Vera Coppell a Holocaust survivor rescued by Raoul Wallenberg with two very important messages this morning. One is it relates to what we would call, I guess, the likelihood of, God forbid, another Shoah, and how she states that the state of Israel protects all of us, a message that I wish everybody would understand and appreciate and as we get closer to Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmoed, hopefully more will. And then, of course, the other message of watching young and old descend on Washington, D.C. today and play such an important role for U.S.-Israel advocacy for a strong relationship, to advocate for a relationship that will continue to be as strong and even stronger than the one that exists today. More coming up from the Washington Convention Center, JM in the AM at 8.30 in the morning on this Rosh Chodesh, day 15 in the counting of the Omer, a very special day. A reminder, tomorrow our guests include Dory Gold, Rabbi Aaron Rakefed Rothkoff, about two significant events happening up at Yeshiva University, and the Maccabees are scheduled to join us as well. An amazing week of programming continues as you would expect. Big thank you to our hosts at Norpac. This is JM in the AM.
He calls it the Elul Nigun, the great Eitan Katz at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning on this Rosh Chodesh, day 15, the counting of the Omer. An amazing week of programming, as you would suspect. Every week seems to be uh, more and more amazing uh, here at JM in the AM. And today we are guests of uh, NORPAC. Big thank you to the NORPAC Mission Chairs. Big thank you to its president, uh, Dr. Choak. A thank you to Dr. Schlussel, Dr. Baumel, David Steinberg, everybody who chairs today's mission. Uh, hashtag NORPAC 1000 if you're on the road. We want you to hashtag NORPAC 1000 throughout the entire day so we can track the activity of those who are um, heading down to Washington and spending the day here. Don't forget our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, on Twitter at NachumSiegelNet. Alan Friedman is with us. He is uh, managing director at J.P. Morgan Chase and its tax plan, director of tax planning. Uh, plus, he has served as president of Congregation Beth Aaron and Teaneck, treasurer of the Orthodox Caucus. And he has one of the most difficult jobs in this entire mission. He's chair of the Talking Points Committee. Alan, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much for having me and uh, our fellow uh, NORPAC members. Alan, I have a, a great amount of sympathy for you. I could barely lift this talking <laughs> points brochure. <laughs> and, and you have to chair the committee that put it all together. This is unbelievable what you provide well, for your members. You uh, it, it's actually uh, not nearly as difficult as it sounds because we have a terrific group. Um, and the emphasis is on the chairman. I really just consolidate what everybody said. But you're absolutely right. There's a lot of very vigorous internal debate as to what you should ultimately put in there. You know, uh, it's interesting, and, and, and he brought it up earlier, Congressman Royce. I didn't even ask him about it. Uh, BDS has made it to your talking points for today. We know about I mean, right. We know about it. I mean, obviously, issues like Iran, uh, the PA, uh, a continued its, uh, assistance in terms of security and financial aid to Israel. We understand that those are on the list. It's interesting to me that the BDS movement and its uh, effort to boycott Israel has made it to this list. Uh, could you give us a little bit of information about that, what people would say about sure. the BDS movement to their members of Congress? Sure. Well, first of all, you know, we, we, we had a lot of internal discussions whether BDS should be on there because the frustrating thing about BDS is that it involves largely speech, which, you know, it's difficult from a constitutional perspective to, to outlaw. And so it's not exactly clear that there's an obvious legislative path, but we felt it was so important because of the way it's, it's kind of metastasized, the way it's, it's spread cancer onto American campuses and to American academic organizations to make sure that our leaders uh, – are aware of how important this issue is. Uh, clearly, the idea of singling out the only democracy in the Middle East, the only one where um, you know minorities uh, and, and and uh, you know everybody has the right to practice their religion, the right to vote, is, is absolutely absurd. Right. And, and yet, it, it somehow seems to have um, spread um, to at least many parts of the country that I never would have thought of. You know, and Yosef Schreiber's here. He may want to comment as well. It's interesting. You know, two minutes ago, as you heard in my voice, I was surprised to see it on the list. As you speak, I'm saying to myself, yes, there down the road could be a congressional role in BDS and its influence. 
there, there can be. You know, we, we, we actually spent a lot of hours debating internally speaking to uh, the outside, uh, or the other organizations uh, that we coordinate with. And, and frankly, you know, it's been difficult to find a good legislative vehicle, um, you know, because, uh, you know, it, 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 at some point you sort of say to yourself, um, do I really want to try to outlaw something and just get dragged through the courts and give these people more free publicity? Right. And so we, we, we find, at least so far, we think the best way to fight uh, BDS is through education of uh, those of us, uh, those uh, of us who are friends of Israel, make sure they're aware of how serious this issue is, and to educate them on all the wonderful things that, um, you know, Israel does, both in terms of how it treats, uh, you know, the members, all members of uh, the Israeli population, uh, and in terms of the efforts that it is making to bring peace between uh, Israel and uh, the, the Palestinians. Excellent point. Yosef? Well, look, the, the BDS issue for us is very different than the kinds of things we typically do uh, in the sense that there's no legislative ask. But we thought it was very important because BDS is really a wolf in sheep's clothing. It presents itself as a movement to legitimize, to excuse me, to vindicate rights that are not being denied. And what it really is is anti-Semitism. And when we're faced with anti-Semitism, and that's not just me who's recognized that, Perlmark, former Deputy Prime Minister of Sweden, has recognized it. Even Tom Friedman, who, as we know, is never shy about criticizing Israel, right. has called singling out Israel for international opprobrium. That clearly comes from an anti-Semitic basis. For example, just this past week at Zabar's, you had the BDS people out there protesting in front of Zabar's and saying, don't sell soda stream machines. Now, why do you think they chose Zabar's? <laughs> they chose Zabar's because of Eli Zabar and his brother are Jewish right. and because the store sells to Jews. Did they choose that because it was Israel, because they're criticizing Israel? No, they chose to criticize Jews. Why do you think people who advocate BDS chose to slip eviction notices under the doors of the Palladium dorm in NYU it's because that building happens to have a Shabbos elevator. Right. It's not because they're engaged in legitimate criticism of Israel. It's because they're aimed at criticizing Jews for exercising rights that any other ethnic group or country would exercise and would never be criticized for. So when they aim it at Jews, qua Jews, that makes it anti-Semitism. And it's very important for us that our elected officials, who are the leaders in our country, take a moral stand, stand up, be counted, call BDS what it is, anti-Semitism, and put themselves on the line as moral leaders on this issue. Boy, well said, but I guess in your line of work, <laughs> that would be expected. Uh, that's Yosef Schreiber. Alan, uh, is it easier uh, for certain people to go down with a specific bill in mind? Because on your list of talking points, there are specific Senate and House bills, especially as it relates to the Iranian threat to the U.S. and its allies that people can cite, uh, I guess what we would call, you know, chapter and verse. Is that easier for some people right. as they walk into an office? It certainly is. And I've actually, I'll just sort of take your point in a slightly different direction. What's interesting this year is, especially on Iran, which is, in a certain sense, you know, the, the heart of the issues, of the legislative issues that we want to talk about, it, it's sort of a strange year. Because on the one hand, Iran is never been more in the news than it's been over the last few months, and, and that it will be over the next few weeks. On the other hand, from a legislative perspective, 
uh, were kind of in a lull because right. the House already passed a very strict sanctions bill last December. Uh, the Senate has 59 co-sponsors for a very similar sanctions bill, but uh, the administration has put very heavy pressure on the Senate not to bring that to a vote. Uh, and as much as we would like to see that voted on, we think it's not realistic to expect. So what we're really doing, the heart of our ask this year on Iran, is to make sure that our congressional leaders remind the administration of key elements that have to be in any Iran agreement. Basically, right. things that will absolutely ensure that the Iranian nuclear program can never be used to threaten any of its neighbors, including Israel, to make sure that um, Iran is subject to inspection by the international community. All items that Congress, through things like letters and resolutions and previous legislation have signed on to, Congress is the only one that ultimately can lift sanctions on Iran should any agreement ultimately be reached. And so it's critical to remind our legislators that they, in turn, should remind the administration of what the rules of the road are and, and, and what any settlement must actually look like. So if there's no specific immediate legislation, but in a certain sense it's more difficult because of that, because it's kind of subtle, saying you got to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that any settlement with Iran ultimately holds up. Are you able to tell specific members of NORPAC, those who are on the mission today, that you have a meeting with this specific senator or congressman today, and it is very important that of all the talking points we provided, that this one you concentrate on with this public official. Is that something that you're able to do with NORPAC? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're targeting, look, you know, as you said, there are 59 senators that uh, have signed on to legislation. Uh, over 400 members of the House have signed on to either uh, Iran sanctions bill or a letter uh, calling for certain specific steps to be taken as part of any settlement with Iran or both. Um, but it's frankly, there's going to be particularly delicate meetings with 41 senators uh, where we basically have to say, look, I know the president has put a lot of pressure on you right. to not go ahead with it, but we're asking you, please, it's critical that Iran knows Right. That um, Congress is watching over his shoulder to make sure that the settlement does what it's supposed to do. Let me let you say short. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Now, the other thing, and, and so that basically uh, requires persuading them to do something that um, they're not necessarily going to be inclined to do. Um, whether we succeed, we have to see, but it, it, at the very least, we make sure that the Iran issue stays in the spotlight. Because right. uh, it's too easy for, for senators and congressmen to be distracted by other things, um, you know, and, and forget about how important their role is going to be in, in perhaps as little as seven weeks when an agreement with Iran might be reached. Let me let Yosef Schreiber expand on this, because you know what I'm getting at, where specific people may be told, hey, you have this meeting, you must concentrate on this today. Well, look, you, you've talked a lot about a 1,000 people coming down right. here today and about the size of the room and the plenary session in which a 1,000 people are going to be sitting here and listening to members of Congress address NORPAC as a group. The meetings that we're going to be doing on the Hill, and as we talked about it before, it's more than 400, 
are very small intimate gatherings. Our groups consist of six to eight people that go in and sit with the members of Congress, with the senators, with the congressmen, with their staffs. And in that kind of a very intimate setting where we can have a real heart-to-heart discussion, look people in the eyes and tell them what's important to us, it's very easy for people to prepare specifically for the members for who, with whom they're meeting mm-hmm. and to understand how they have to pitch their discussion to those people. It's not like APAC, for example, where the meeting is with 60 people. Right. Our meetings are very, very close and confidential and very, as I said, they're intimate, they're friendly, we get a very good reception, and having a small group enables us to have a conversation in ways that having large groups or coming down with a lot of people all at once would prevent us from doing. No so we question. get to do both. Uh, well prepared. That's what I would say. And, Alan, part of the preparation is these talking points. Really incredible. Congratulations to you. Are you going to be enjoying Washington today? Are you going to be down here today? I'm sorry? Are you going to be down here today in Washington? Absolutely. I'm on the bus right now, which is, accounts for my having a little trouble from time to time hearing you. But, yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how enthusiastic is the group that's on the bus with you? It's very enthusiastic. Look, anybody you know, who's willing to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 4, four o'clock in the morning, come down, has to be pretty going ho about it. And I can't tell you, I, I know others have made this point, I can't help but emphasizing it. It makes such an impression when you tell things you got a 1,000 uh, citizen advocates who got up at 4.30 in the morning and slept down to Washington. Uh, it makes a huge impression. No question about it. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to greeting you at the Washington Convention Center. Thank you so much. Thanks, Douglas. That's Alan Friedman. Yosef, you saw the Talking Points booklet? Um, I, I, I saw it while it was being written. I, ha- I actually had a hand in some of it. Um, they're always well done. Most of that is really kudos to Alan and the rest of the people on the Talking Points Committee. I say you give a special NORPAC recognition to any member who reads the entire Talking Points booklet. That's how voluminous it is. It's incredible. Well, remember, first of all, there's the summary. Right. And many people I like who the can't, summary. Right, they look at the summary. The, the, the more detailed uh, stuff behind it is there for people who want to have more facts and more information. Right. And, by the way, we leave those Talking Points behind. They're not confidential for us. They provide a very good thumbnail sketch of what we're talking about so that the members and their staffs have it with them in their offices and they can use it to refer to both for these and, in fact, if you look at the last page, there's a whole list of references, uh, places on the web where people can go to get more information. It's exceptionally well thought out. It's been that way for years, as I said. Alan does a wonderful job along with many other people. Uh, I'm proud to say I had a piece of some of it. I wish I could claim credit for all of it. I can't, (laughs) Lori Baumel. I mean, these are... Very, very well done. And, you know, look, they're, they're there for a reason, and they're there to make a point, and they do a very good job of that. To say the least. And, by the way, you know, the point is not lost on what was just said regarding uh, people coming from the east and getting up at 4 in the morning and all that. We're yesterday in Washington and, and seeing what's happening in the Senate and the House, and it's obvious that groups from all around this country are coming in, and not just tourists, but people who want to make a difference and want to advocate for their own cause within their own state, etc. I mean, there are people, I'm not minimizing the journey from New Jersey, believe me, this is quite an accomplishment. There are people from all around the country who really take their role as a citizen very seriously when they come to Washington. Well, that's true, and what I didn't talk about when I was on with you earlier is that although our buses depart from various locations in right. the tri-state area, our 
organization consists and our delegation that's going to be here today, we have people from 14 different states. We have people from Washington, from Florida, from Texas, from all over the United States. Um, it, you know, Robbie Gottesman was sitting here before telling you about right. his Ohio roots, but we have other people actually live in those other states currently, and they meet with their representatives. So there'll be a Texan here today as part of the NORPAC group. Yes, there will be someone here wearing a NORPAC badge cool. who's from Texas, and we'll probably be meeting with people from Texas. Right. So remember, this is about making relationships that are longstanding. Right. It's about establishing them today and following up on them and following up on them and following up on them. A connection like that is critical. And Mark made the point to me a few minutes ago that uh, there are people speaking to those without a Jewish constituency, to Congress people who are... You know, who may not be familiar with these issues because their constituents don't really bring it up to them. They are also very important to meet with and discuss these issues with. Well, absolutely. And, and also, for example, look, on, on the foreign aid uh, bill, those 75% of that $3 billion is spent here in the United States right. on defense spending. Those contractors that do that work for defense are scattered throughout the country in many districts. And the fact is also that the issues that we're talking about are really issues that relate to fundamental core values in the United States, that the United States shares with Israel. And whether you're Jewish or whether you're Catholic or whether you're a Southern Baptist, doesn't matter what religion you're, you are. If you share those values, then Israel and the relationship between this country and Israel is critical to you and at the forefront of your mind, especially at what's a very difficult time right now for world peace and world safety going forward. No question about it. I call it kavod to you and the entire organization. Uh... As we get closer and closer to this room being filled up, I'm sure you're uh, standing here or sitting here with great anticipation. I should have asked them what they were up to, what what exit on the turnpike they're up to. I it, should have asked what it, the, where they are at this point. It was going through my mind. I was going to ask him where he is because one thing we always do is we sit here and worry that people aren't going to get here on time, especially when the weather doesn't cooperate right. uh, when the way, like the way it is today. Right, but they're likely somewhere down the turnpike or maybe having crossed over into Maryland already. Oh, at this point, I'm sure they're already in Maryland. There you go. Uh, God help us if they're not in Maryland. <laughs> so they're on their way, and we're ready to greet them here at the Washington Convention Center. It's NORPAC 1000. That's the hashtag for today, and it's all day long, not just during JM and the AM, but all day as you are in the halls of Congress. Use that hashtag, NORPAC1000, to let us know uh, where you are, who you're meeting with, how it's going so far, what your impressions are. If you want to inspire people with your own messages of 140 characters or less, you could do that on Twitter with us today. My special thanks to our chief engineer, ZK, and to stand back in the studio, uh, to Miriam and Mark and everybody who've made this uh, radio program uh, really tight, really special, and uh, very significant this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, more coming up. Here's Yaakov Shweki on a Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM, an appropriate selection because it's the title track to Colote, Voices. And today we are witnessing and will witness the voices of uh, those who care about the relationship between the United States and Israel being heard here in Washington. I, um, I say thank you to those who are on their way as part of the NORPAC 1000 uh, to the nation's capital. A big thank you to uh, the president of NORPAC. Dr. Ben Shoak, a special thank you to the mission chairs of NORPAC, Dr. Lori Baumel, Dr. Richie Schlussel, David Steinberg, uh, all the people that helped with the logistics and putting this together. This was a very, very exciting presentation this morning and uh, was well prepared uh, to, um, to really bring some of the inspiration of the 1,000 uh, to these airwaves. All the folks that are on the buses and in the cars and whatever mode of transportation you're using to get here today, no matter what state you're from, whether it's Texas, New Jersey, or otherwise, uh, thank you. Thank you for inspiring us by spending a day advocating for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship in the halls of Congress. NORPAC, as any of the members would, uh, would, would uh, testify to this morning, is not just about one day a year. NORPAC's talking points, which are being utilized today, is the result of a year's worth of activities, activities that uh, support those who support a strong U.S.-Israel relationship, a, uh, activities that um, uh, support members of the House, members of the Senate, and candidates that uh, advocate uh, for that type of uh, relationship between the United States and Israel. And a lot of hard work goes in on a daily basis to make sure that this relationship between NORPAC and members of the United States Congress is a strong one. It culminates in this incredible day today, what we call hashtag NORPAC1000, when so many people are able to come and fill the appointments of these United States senators and congressmen and are able to uh, advocate in a face-to-face -face manner with our members of government. It's an incredible experience. Those of you who are doing it for the first time, enjoy it, take it in, and make it part of your annual regimen. For those of you who are doing it for uh, multiple times, since the 1980s and 1990s, and all those years since then, Kolakavod for adding to your incredible streak, your incredible record of being down here for yet another day in Washington. For those traveling with two or three generations, Kolakavod for being an amazing role model of what it's like to be an effective member of our community and being an effective member of, uh, the, of the United States citizenry. It really is an incredible message, and you are amazing role models. Go to norpac.net for additional information and to find out how to support their incredible work, norpac.net, and you'll learn more and more about what they do today and year-round. Special thank you to uh, everybody down here, Mark and Miriam and ZK. Of course, stand back in our studio. We will be here for the big gathering, we will be witnessing and, of course, tweeting and Facebooking from here when this room is filled with 1,000 people. And um, we'll be able to uh, tell you all about this incredible send-off that that group will get from this room at the Washington Convention Center when they go to speak to uh, their congressmen and senators all through the day here in Washington. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. Thanks to everybody for uh, making this happen. A big thank you to David Steinberg, who was uh, instrumental in setting up 
uh, the logistics for us here today. Of course, the Yosef Schreiber, who is with us, all of our special guests who joined us either here at the convention center or via telephone. A special thank you to Dr. Richie Schlossel, who years ago told me that I would uh, be inspired by this incredible group of people who come down to Washington each and every year. And I am glad that I will be here when they arrive today and uh, start advocating for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Be proud, NORPAC 1000. Incredible accomplishment and yet another uh, wonderful way to spend a day in Washington, D.C. Tomorrow we're back in studio. Guests will include Dory Gold, Rabbi Rakefet, the Maccabees, all scheduled to stop by tomorrow morning during J.M. and the A.M. Pay careful attention to our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, and Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.